This morning, I intentionally want to share with you a story. A musician's story. A story that this musician tells himself. It's his story. It's his narrative. He is a, a player of the bagpipes. And as we've seen even here in Lincoln, oftentimes bagpipes are used in funeral services or in important rituals. And this gentleman, as he tells his story, was used to that. In fact, he was one day contacted by a funeral director, by a funeral home. And the funeral director said, would you be willing to play at a funeral, at a graveside service, for a gentleman who didn't have a home, didn't have family, and didn't have friends? Would you be willing to play your pipes, play the bagpipes at this very small graveside service? And this musician said, yes, he would be honored to provide that kind of music to this gentleman. Well, the day arrived, and the cemetery where this gentleman with no home and no family and no friends was to be buried was very rural. And it was one of those that you had to take the rural back roads, and I don't know about you, but if you've ever traveled them, if you don't know where you're going, it's pretty easy to get lost. And this is what happened to the bagpipe player. He got lost. Tried his best to arrive in a timely manner, but blew it. Got so lost that he actually arrived at the cemetery an hour late. Funeral director was gone. Funeral coach was gone. The only folks that were there were those who dug the grave, who prepared the earth for the casket. And they were sitting off to the side having lunch. So he got out of his car and he oh, just apologized profusely. He felt so bad. But he got out his bagpipes and he went over and he wanted to honor this gentleman. And he began to play. And he said, I just played my heart out to honor this man. And he played. And as he played, the, the workers joined him, stood around, around, around the hole. And as, this, as our musician began to play Amazing Grace, the workers began to cry. And he began to cry. And he said, we all cried together. It was such a moving moment. And then when it was time to end, he said, oh, I walked away and my head was bowed low, but my heart was just full. It was an awesome, holy moment. And our musician said that, as he opened the door to get into his vehicle, he heard one of the workers comment. And the worker said, I have never seen anything like that. And I've been putting in septic systems for 20 years. <laughs> I share that this morning very intentionally. Because in our culture, we would rather joke about death than address it. We would rather 
take all of our effort and our energy to avoid even talking about death or dying or our own mortality. We would rather do everything we can to avoid it. Even the wind agrees. We'd rather do that than to do the hard work of addressing our own mortality and our own death. And unfortunately, when that happens, when we avoid it, when we do everything we can to pretend it doesn't exist, that is when fear creeps in. And not only does fear creep in, but it takes a hold of our hearts. I think that's why our sermon series on denying death is so powerful. Yeah, it's hard, but it's powerful because when we do the hard work, there is life. We've been using the wonderful book written by Ernest Beckers called The Denial of Death. And in it, he helps us to see the roots of our fears and indeed this extraordinary work we do to avoid facing our own mortality and our own death. He points out that we invest energy and time investing our own, creating our own narratives, our own stories that avoid it. Well, this morning, I can imagine the narrative, the story that Pilot created, the energy it took to create this story. I can imagine Pilot saying something along the lines of, listen, I was appointed to be governor, to be the authority, the ruler in Jerusalem. I was appointed and anointed by Rome. And we know that Jerusalem has been a hotbed of insurrections and hatred and frustration of Roman rule and authority for decades. I can imagine Pilate saying it was up to me to make sure that there wasn't a riot, that nothing happened, that my authority wasn't questioned. And I can hear him saying, I didn't have a choice. I can imagine him on one of today's talk shows, defensive posture, saying just that. I didn't have a choice. I had to defend my authority. I had to defend and make sure that my rule was strong, that my career wasn't threatened, that my life wasn't threatened. I didn't have a choice. I had to turn over Jesus to be crucified. My authority, my career, my life was at stake. It's easy to see that by external and internal pressures, it's easy to see that because of fear, Pilate was creating his narrative, his story, based on fear. Yeah, fear for his career and fear for his life. 
That was his narrative. That was his story. This morning, let us, let me ask you and I, what's our narrative? What's our story? And what are we basing it from? Is our narrative based on fear? Is the story that we are creating, our story as individuals, are we weaving this, living this based on the fear of mortality and death? It takes hard work and it can be painful. But when we address it, when we do the hard work of facing that, yep, we aren't gonna live forever, we are given freedom. Freedom to live. Live held in the promises of Jesus. And I think that as we've been walking through COVID, when we've had to slow down because we didn't have a choice in many times, we've been confronted with the stories of mortality and death everywhere we turn. I know my, my own experience. December was hard. I was faced with my mortality and death in a, in a whole new way that, yeah, I wasn't expecting. And it was hard. But in the midst of that, I could lean on my Lord, trusting that I was held in God's promises of life, even in the midst of the hardness of what I had to walk through. In that moment, I came across one of my favorite authors, Joyce Rupp. She's written many devotions, I just so appreciate her. And I turned to one that was based on Psalm 23, verse 4. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that particular verse. And this is what Joyce Rupp shares in her book called Fresh Bread. She writes, In the midst of quiet hills, steepled with green pines, I heard within my heart the call of the Jesus shepherd, a haunting of my heart, yet consolation offered, for the valley indeed was dark, and I in need of courage. I saw him standing there, hand outstretched in welcome. Ah, oh, little lamb, I love you. Trust in me to care well for you. And then Joyce Rupp writes, I looked from the window, cautious like a much afraid. Then quietly, courage knelt inside me, and my valley of fear began to fade. I love that line. Then courage knelt inside me, and fear began to fade. As you and I face those hard things, when external and internal pressures become intense, when we do the hard work of facing our mortality and death, we don't 
do it alone. We know that our Lord, our Savior, did not allow external or internal pressures to sway him. Our Lord knows pain and suffering and death because he went to the cross for you and I. And we know that he rose again, overcoming the power of sin, death, and the power of evil. So that in him, you and I have life. God's courage kneels inside of us in those hard moments, reminding us that we are held in the promises of life that are given to us by Jesus Christ. I want to close with a story that I found as I was doing research for today's message. I came across an article, and the title was, None Teaches Secret to Overcoming the Fear of Death. And I went, yeah, okay, I'll bite. <laughs> I'll read it, and it went, all right, what's, what's the secret? It was this article, it was written by Judith Valente. And this is what Judith writes. She says, I have always had a tremendous fear of death. And I don't think she's alone. She writes that she began seeking to live a more contemplative life as a married professional woman. She began making regular visits to Mount St. Scholastica, a Benedictine women's monastery in Atchison, Kansas. And there, as she began to spend time, she met a 90-year-old sister by the name of Lillian Harrington. Now, Lily, Sister Lillian sounds like she was a vivacious firecracker, even at age 90. She retired at 75 and, and had a whole new ministry of bringing the gospel to life through drama. Well, our writer, Judith, got to know Sister Lillian and spent time with her. And finally, our writer, Judith, had the courage to ask her this. She writes, one day I finally drew up the courage to ask Sister Lillian if at her advanced age she ever thinks about the moment of death. She drilled her steely blue eyes into mine and told me something I've never forgotten. I don't think about dying, she said. I think about living. I can't help but wonder if Sister Lillian did the hard work of confronting mortality and death. Because when we do that, we are given the freedom from fear. It becomes a part of our narrative, becomes part of our story as we live this life. And then once we do that hard work, we can focus on living. Living without fear. Because our God walks with us. Jesus himself promised us as he was preparing the disciples for a time when he was no longer going to be with them. And he said to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry, don't fear. Jesus said, believe in me, believe also in God the Father. In my Father's house there are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, would I tell you that I go to prepare a place for you? When I go and prepare a place for you, I will take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. I invite you to read the rest of that to hear the ongoing promises. Today, we just give thanks that 
our Savior, our Lord, knows what it's like to walk on the earth, to face hard things, to know the reality of pain and suffering, and even to confront death. And what a blessing that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's courage kneels down inside of us, reminding us that we don't walk alone, but through God's courage, we continue to walk and live held firmly in the promises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for our Lord Jesus. Amen.